Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. And I'm Russell Howe. And this is Joy by Chance, where we can talk all things movies, television, streaming, oh, other news today, uh, all that stuff. Which, and uh, this week on the show, we're talking about a uh, movie celebrating the 30th anniversary, to which you guys gave us Barton Fink, which is interesting because this will be the first Coen Brothers film we've ever reviewed. Yeah, and it wasn't a film that I really thought was going to win, just because I had never really heard of it. Um, I mean, obviously we know the Coen Brothers, but yeah. Uh, but looking forward to celebrating, you know, tackling our first uh, Coen Brothers film, so it should be fun. Yeah, no, there's definitely going to be an interesting in- interesting one to talk about for sure. Uh, but for right now, uh, we have our user segments to talk about, first of which is our weekly trailer talk. We have a lot to get into today, first of which is one that actually dropped the same day. As we record our Jurassic Park episodes, so they get to talk about a lot on the last ones so we're talking about today. It's the second trailer for Shang Chi. So Shang Chi is going to be the first Marvel movie after Black Widow. Uh, it is set for a release in September. It's basically going to be the origin story of Shang Chi, a guy who was raised to be really good at kung fu, and that's about it. He's raised by the Mandarin, who's his dad. He's got his ten rings. It's basically going to be a power struggle of him. You're trying to be trying to beat you know his former ma- his, his his father and his master trying to stop him from doing bad guy stuff. So Russell, what do you think of the trailer for the second trailer for Shang Chi? I liked it a little. We got a little bit more story out of it. Obviously, a small story that it really is, but uh, I kind of like this whole entire you know kung fu uh, martial art uh, into the MCU because we really haven't had it. So this will be kind of fun to see this and move the uh, MCU forward. So kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, and the crazy thing about this is like what was happening at the end of the trailer. Fuck, fucking abomination is back. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I didn't. I, I, it's nice that Disney's finally acknowledging that that that, that movie exists and does count. Because that character is coming back in the She-Hulk series, which I believe will be premiering next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan of the Incredible Hulk. I liked I liked it fine. Um, I know a lot of people are hit or miss with it but uh i mean i enjoyed it but yeah kind of cool that uh, abomination is actually coming back and so yeah it actually makes it count now the incredible hulk's actually relevant you know yeah for sure so yeah uh shane chi like i said except for release september 3rd 2021 uh next year we're talking about is for another someone that actually dropped the same day within a few hours of the shane chi trailer and that is for what was this for again halloween kills <laughs> that guy yeah that, that dude uh, Halloween Kills is the sequel to 2018's Halloween, in which Michael Myers, you know, Michael Myers came back. Laurie Strode fought him 20 years later, and ended off with him burning in in the house that was burning down. Yep. Yeah, but ha- Halloween Two isn't canon anymore, so we didn't know that Michael apparently <laughs> flame retardant. We didn't know he's flame retardant. I mean, most of the people that have, I mean, obviously, I think that have seen these films usually have seen probably the majority of them probably know that but uh yeah you can't kill this guy so no trailer looked good i'm on board um i was on board without seeing the trailer i enjoyed the 2018 one um yeah it should be fun i'm, I'm kind of curious to see where they're going to take this because obviously they, they have another one coming out uh after it so i'm kind of curious to see how this one leads off or is it going to be one of those things where it's kind of like almost like a part one part two type thing yeah for sure this also looks like much more a brutal halloween movie when we see yeah it. i yeah, I would say Rob Zombie is probably the closest uh, brutal Michael Myers that we've seen, and that was pretty brutal. Like some of those, some of those shots in Halloween, Halloween Two were pretty vicious. So yeah, we'll see. I remember a lot of uh, I remember a lot of some of the kills in uh, the 2006 remake of Black Christmas. Oh man, 
I remember seeing Black. Oh my god, that was such a bad movie. But yeah, some of those kills were fun. It's bad, but like some of those kills were actually vicious. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's what I like about those the the newer horror films. I should say just because of the fact that they kind of throw all that out when they when they make them. You know, I mean, I think that they they're they're more daring. I think that they were back in the you know eighties and nineties. I think it's a lot more like a lot more scarier. You know what I mean? Just how violent and vicious it is. I think that's. That makes a movie more scary, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, Halloween three. Uh, Halloween, not Halloween three. Well, this is Halloween three technically. If you follow this, if you follow this canon. <laughs> Season of the Witch. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't, 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 no catchy songs on this one, guys. Come happy, on. happy Halloween. Bring that back. Bring back the Thorn Cult. Bring back. <laughs> do it, man. Let's do it. Bring back the Thorn Cult. Bring back fucking Silver Shamrock. Bring back Buster Rhymes. Well, let's do it. Hell yeah, let's just do it all. Let's just do it all. Let's let's just make it one big universe. Yeah, why not? <laughs> let's do, let's do uh, uh, Michael Myers in the Halloween into the Michaelverse. Yeah, like the MMU or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's set for a release on October 15th, 2021. Uh, next show that we're talking about for, it, for is uh, one that's not a horror film, but it's equally as scary. Uh, I could see this movie being spoofed, like this trailer being spoofed to like horror music. <laughs> yeah, <'Cause laughs> dude, it, you know somebody's on that show. This is the first trailer for Clifford the Big Red Dog, uh, based on the Bullet Children's book. This movie is about Emily Elizabeth, who's uh, she's she's a loser at her school. No one no one likes her. She goes to a haunted pet shop owned by John Cleese of all people. <laughs> Yeah, which was completely <laughs> random. Yeah. a random uh, sighting. No idea he was in this movie. Glad he's glad he's alive, doing well. I'm glad he is alive, and I'm glad he's alive and doing well. Yeah, uh, it's like, will he grow? Based like how big? That depends on how much you love him. What? And then her '80s music video tear makes her this makes the dog the size of like, of like a small house. And just a puppy. So by that by that uh, principle, then Dom Toretto could get a bunch of dogs that would grow because he loves family. Loves family. So. <laughs> Those memes don't get old, by the way, guys. They do not. I love them. Uh, but yeah, so we see Clifford get big, goes around the streets of New York, fucks up the apartment, commits manslaughter, commits cannibalism. Cannibalism, man. Yeah, he definitely does not. Uh, yeah, like doesn't like pugs, apparently. No. Uh, but yeah, Russell, what do you think of the first trailer for Clifford the Big Red Dog? This looked rough, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, definitely was off-putting. But uh, I think this is something that we're probably going to tackle later on because it just looks so off-putting. It kind of reminds me, and I think we've talked about this numerous times, about the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. The first one, uh, yes. This first one. That, that, that I want to see that version. I want to see that dog shit version. Uh, no pun intended here with Clifford. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks – there's a couple funny scenes. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, I like that scene where um, he chases after the people that are in that bubble. I thought that was kind of funny because, you know, that's dogs do that. Like I know my dog, uh, my my one of my three dogs. He's like a completely, he's a shit show. He reminds me of Clifford in that in that movie. So uh, yeah, it should be fun. I mean, it'll be a fun kids film, but I think this movie doesn't look that good. I mean, hope you know, hopefully it turns out something. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, uh, it looks interesting enough. But I mean, not yeah. interesting. It just looks, it looks weird. Like it looks it, weird. it's different. I can't believe we're actually doing this. Yeah, uh, but yes, that is set for a release. Let me see. Let me see when that's coming out. September 17th, a couple days after my birthday. Yeah, nothing nothing says 17th. happy birthday like Clifford. Like a big old red dog. September 17th, yeah. 2021. Uh, next show we're talking about is for 
one that I am personally really excited about. This is the first trailer for uh, The Many Saints in Newark. Uh, this is the feature-length prequel to The Sopranos. It's basically going to be set during, I believe, the 1960s or 70s. 70s. Oh, okay. It's, it's both. It's the 60s and 70s using the 67 New Jersey riots as the backdrop for the tensions between the Italian-American and African-American communities. Uh, basically going to feature the the upbringing of Tony Soprano, of the men who would become Tony Soprano, uh, as he's ra- brought into you know bring down a vicious crime family, uh, as well as you know taking you know taking cues from his uncle, uh, Dickie Moltisanti, Chris Chris's uh, Chris's dad from the original show. Uh, and yeah, this is fe- this movie like I said, feature length prequel Sopranos features Alessandro Navolo, John Bernthal. And Vera Farmiga is Tony Soprano's parents, Corey Stoll, Ray Liotta, Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, and, uh, yeah, a feature we've talked about before, Michael, Michael Gandolfini, James Gandolfini's son, as Tony Soprano, or young Tony Soprano, which, my God, he looks a lot like his dad. Yeah, for sure. And uh, also, it's really good to see Ray Liotta in another uh, gangster film, uh, since Goodfellas. So we, we tie all that in, like we talked about. Yeah, we thought we talked, I, about, I, I, we talked about when we reviewed Goodfellas, so many Sopranos, actors who would go in to be on The Sopranos. And then later on, he uh, he himself is in the universe. So yeah, now, now he's in Great. the universe, too. So <laughs> Bring it all full circle. Russell, what do you think of the first trailer for The Many Saints in Newark? I mean, I'm on board. I loved hearing, uh, obviously, Tony Soprano's uh, voice from the, you know, from the show. Obviously, James Gandolfini. Some of the episodes, like, or some of the episodes, I'm sure they plugged into that. Um, I was a fan of the show. I remember when this came out in the uh, late '90s. I remember this was a huge deal. This was one of HBO's first, like, big series. And um, though it didn't end how I really pictured it ending, I thought the send-off was a little weak. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, I really enjoyed this though. It really puts you into the mood. Um, then that theme song, you know, woke up this morning, got yourself a gun, man. That's oh, that gets me, man. I'm, I'm ready to roll on it. Like I said, uh, definitely want to try to revisit the Sopranos. It's been a while, so like HBO Max might get a get a workout here. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's cool thing HBO Max. Like I just I I love the catalog of HBO shows. Some of the, a lot of my favorite series of all time were all aired on H, on HBO. Yeah. The Sopranos included. I love. I loved the show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and this is set for a release on October first, twenty twenty one. Next trailer we're talking about is going to be for uh, Beckett. So Beckett is an upcoming Netflix film starring John David Washington. Uh, he plays a man who goes on vacation with his girlfriend. They get into a car accident. Some bad things happen. He's caught up in some kind of espionage thriller plot that he doesn't really know what's going on. Uh, produced by Luca Guadagnino, directed by a guy who I'm not nearly familiar with. He hasn't really done many movies either. Uh, featured the cast, like John David Washington stars in the cast. Lisa Vikander plays his girlfriend. Also featured Boyd Holbrook and Vicky Kripes. Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Beckett? Dug it, man. I really, uh, I think John David Washington is on a, on a streak here. Um, and I love these types of films where it's like, you don't know if it's really true what the, the main character is like experiencing or what they're thinking or what they've, what they've experienced. You know what I mean? Um, kind of reminds me of like that Liam Neeson unknown. You don't know if the character is really telling the truth or is it just all in her head. Um, I kind of, I kind of dig it. And you know, you have those two, Alicia Vikander and uh, you know John David Washington play off one another. It'll be kind of fun to see, see what goes. And it's a Netflix film. Looks fun. Yeah, for sure. And set for a release on when, when, when is this coming out? August thirteenth. Uh, August thirteenth, twenty twenty one. Uh, next year we're talking about this is this is one that I'm still perplexed by. Don't breathe too. 
Yep, we're so doing it. Don't Breathe 2 is the sequel to... First of all, let me just say how refreshing it is to just see 2 as a, as the sequel title. Like We're not going to say... We're not going to call it Don't Breathe Again. Don't Breathe Another another Point of View. No, this is Don't Breathe 2. Deal with it. Devil made me, d- devil made me, me do, do it, it or whatever, some shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in which case, the uh, blind man for the first one, played by, played by Stephen Lang, who's returning in this film... Uh, he, he, he's gone off on his own. He's got this girl he's taking care of who then she gets kidnapped for reasons we don't understand. Now he's got to go fight things off. And let me, yeah. just, let me put this in perspective to you. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the original Don't Breathe, which you should because that film is awesome. Oh, fa- fucking fantastic that movie, film. That movie's, ama- that movie's amazing. It's, Absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a cruel, cruel movie. It's a cruel, cruel summer for it sure. It is a cruel, cruel summer, but it is, it is definitely one. You should, you <laughs> it's a cruel def- movie. You check it out. Um, but uh, yeah, in the first in the first movie or in the first movie, uh, this dude uh, kidnapped a woman and impregnated her. I mean, I know yeah. the woman like like ran over his daughter and killed her, but like like you st- like you're still kidnapping a woman, holding her against her will. Yeah, I mean that's just not cool. So and now uh, yeah. we're making him not only we're making him the hero, we're releasing this releasing the trailer as as a, a certain somebody is getting out of jail, who we'll talk about later. Yeah. So Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Don't Breathe Two? I mean, I'm done. Uh, Stephen Lang's a badass, um, but kind of what you said, it's kind of said in mixed vibes. Um, you think it's almost like he, he's like grooming this girl, almost kind of. But then, like, there's like this. Obviously, there's a point where it's like he's not really letting off who he really is, and the girl doesn't know that. So, but we obviously, having seen the first one, and majority of you people should see it, uh, having known who this monster is, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to obviously play its play itself into it. I just I wonder how. But yeah, I'm on board though. Like, if you start busting out turkey bases, just you run. Yeah, and I hope at the end of the film we play Tony Braxton's "Breathe Again." Maybe we can breathe again after this film. Wouldn't that be great? After this film, we could finally breathe again. Oh, wouldn't that be great? A little camp, a little little Tony Braxton at the end of this film. Yeah, Let's do it. Be nice. Uh, this movie set for a release <laughs> on August thirteenth, twenty twenty one. And the last show we're talking about today. This is one that I'm shocked is even. I'm shocked is even done. If I'm being real. Yeah, we're getting another Adam Sandler movie. So this is the Adam Sandler two. This is the sequel to the 2020 Adams Family film. Uh, features just about everyone coming back, except Finn Wolfhard because he's puberty, so he can't come back. <laughs> he can't be Pugsley Adams anymore. Uh, he's going to talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, basically in this film, uh, you know, it's basically about the Adams taking a... I don't know why like this movie tried to like force these horror characters into, into summer vacations. It's it's, it's strange because Hotel Transylvania three did the same thing uh, <laughs> a few years back. Uh, or it's almost kind of like fam- family va- uh, family values too. Family family values, family too, values which is, where they went to camp where they which is you know which what is why I mean they're I'm not optimistic in about this because family family values is awesome. That movie is that movie. Oh, is it's good. a it's a really good film. So like I'm not against the idea of the Adams family like touring the country and like seeing the people seeing the people because it's worked before like yeah like you, like you know, they don't have to be in the neighborhood but the family aspect is important which is why i didn't care for the of the first film which seems like they're yeah. not really rectifying here because the whole thing about bringing the family back together uh i yeah. I, I don't get it but uh yeah features all of again completely returning cast oscar isaac's back charlie theron's back close grace moret's back who is a great wednesday i really liked her wednesday adams 
Yeah, uh, I did too. Also, uh, Snoop Dogg is cousin it for some reason. Again, but it doesn't really make sense because you don't really hear him talk. Again, does not speak. Yeah, but they plug Snoop Dogg songs, which is great. They do, yeah. Uh, also featured new cast members including Bill Hader and Wallace Shawn. He's not in this trailer, but he's in the movie somewhere. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for this new Adam's Family? Kind of what you said, man. I'm I'm surprised that we already finished it and it's coming out like within a couple months. Like yeah, the because hell? like the first one came out October of nineteen. Yeah, and like COVID happened in twenty, so I don't know. They must have really hurried, or they must have had. I don't know. That was like they really. Must they must have, like really press the press the gas pedal on this, or like went jumped ahead and said, you know, this movie is going to be good, and we'll get a probably get a greenlit sequel for it. I don't know. But, yeah, unless, uh, unless they were already working on this, because like yeah, animated movies, like they, they notoriously take a long time to make. Yeah, which is crazy that this one's coming so quickly. But uh, yeah, I mean, kind of what you said. I mean, I, I, I'm eh, mixed about it. We'll see what happens. Uh, the first one I liked fine. It was okay. Um, just another cartoon to take. I'll have to go see. But uh, yeah, I mean, she liked the first one. I liked the first one okay. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make out on this. Yeah, the thing about the first one is, is the thing about the first one is it's at least short. Oh yeah, and then and if you can keep it from an hour, like an hour twenty, hour twenty five, hour thirty, we're good. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, this is set for a release on October first, twenty twenty one. That's gonna do it for trailer talk. Now we want to notorious news. Have a lot of real things to talk about today. First of which, uh, well, you know, we'll start, we'll start with this. Why not? Why not? Uh, the film has lost an icon in the last few days. Uh, Mr. Richard Donner passed away. Mm-hmm. Recently, man was 91 years old. Uh, directed so many classic films: uh, The Omen, Superman, The Goonies, Lethal Weapon, all the Lethal Weapon sequels, uh, Maverick, Lady Hawk, Conspiracy Theory, Scrooge. The, the dude's career was endless, and like he was versatile as fuck. Yeah, I mean, look at look the four, look at the first four you mentioned. Different genres completely. Exactly, uh, but yeah, man, the, 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 like it's kind of crazy because like he was the dude who, like he's he seemed like he was like one of like a clean East really scott type where he's gonna keep keep working until well he, he passed away and he was yeah. gearing up lethal weapon five apparently so this whatever ha- whatever this happened i'm not gonna say it must have been sudden but it must have been like some semi-unexpected because he's already trying to make another he was trying to make another movie yeah uh but yeah uh russell what, what's your what's your donner film I would probably say Superman, just classic. I mean, you know, I think, you know, he, you know, I, I hate to use the old, you know, adage, but he, you know, made us believe that a man could fly. You know what I mean? It was uh, just, you know, just his, his you know, uh, Christopher Reeves as Superman. I just, I don't think it gets better than that. Um, I, I do love The Goonies. I think that's a fun film. Kind of what you said. There was like a touch of everything, man. His, the genre is so widespread, I think. And that's, that's the craziness of, you know, Richard Donner. I think he just, he had his hands in everything. Um, you know, conspiracy theory, uh, Maverick, you know, kind of like the Westerns, he's tackled every genre. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to see that and, and do it so well. So, uh, definitely, uh, an icon and, uh, definitely the, the, uh, void will definitely be missed. Yeah, well, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Richard, Rich, Richard, uh, rest in peace. So you was a lot, lot to consider or not a lot to consider, a lot to appreciate from your long, illustrious career. Something we can't appreciate, however, or we cannot appreciate. Let me just rephrase that. Uh, talk about certain someone getting released from jail recently. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. With the bud pops. Got to talk about this. Bill Cosby <laughs> back on the streets. Oh my god! And, <laughs> yeah. twe- and tweets justifying this. Yes. Amazing. So let, let so yeah. In case you haven't, in case you don't know, 
I'm sure you do. Bill Cosby, man, a man accused of sexually assaulting over what is it, 60 women? Yeah, it's a ton. It's it's a lot. Yeah, uh, was released from prison, to which everyone heard that and were just like, "How?" Well, here's yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Here's how this happened. Uh, so this all dated back to a lawsuit, to the original lawsuit that took place in 2018. Now, the DA at the time thought there was not enough to uh, to get a criminal conviction out of this case. So they settled for a civil suit, and he made a deal with that DA. The, the, the DA made a deal with Cosby that in exchange for his for a deposition from him, he would not be tried criminally. <laughs> now, here's the kicker. That same deposition was used in his criminal trial a few years later. At, at, when the new DA came in, that deposition was used, was used to convict him. To which oh. I remember, I remember when, that was, when they said they were doing that. I'm like, huh? I didn't. Okay, I didn't. I didn't think you could do that. Turns out you can't. So yeah, if you want to know why Cosby's out on the street, that's why. <laughs> he got the Bobby Bonilla deal, man. He did get the Bobby Bonilla deal. Jeez, oh man, who who signed off on that? Yeah, that like, was a good who, idea. Like, that like I don't know who I forgot the name of the original DA he made this deal with, but like I imagine <laughs> he's got bricks thrown through his window. <laughs> Oh my god! This guy's in this guy's in a, like Secret Service, like or like some kind of uh, witness protection plan or something. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the thing. Now, I'm not saying like this is. I'm not, I'm not saying I like you know condone it. I do think I think Bill Cosby should be in jail for what he did. Yeah, but absolutely. The law is the law. Like this, it's, like we're not. This yeah. is not. There's not, not people saying he's innocent of what he did. This is him <laughs> oh saying. God. This is him saying he got it on a loophole. Yeah, yeah. This is like, yeah. This is like, this is OJ bad. This, this is near. This is nearly OJ bad. <laughs> it's. I mean, not as quite. I mean, it's there. Like OJ is probably top of the cake for sure. But uh, this is pretty close. Yeah. Now the only, the only, and the thing is, he can't. He can't be tried again. That's the kick. You can't. Yeah. Double. Je- you can't be double jeopardy. Tried they, for the same can't, price. Double jeopardy. Tr- yep. You can't try him again. The only yeah. hope is that there's yeah, like one. Up. There's like one outlier out there. Who's been waiting? Son of a bitch! I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, pops my ass. Yeah, there's got to be like I, I. I'm not saying I hope there's another outlier out there, but the only way that he gets convicted is that, that there's somebody else who hasn't come forward yet that's oh, still within the statute of limitations. You know there is. There has there's to be. There's got to be, dude. If you. If you did this in sixty, sixty-one for sure. I mean, there's uh, you're you're habitual on this. I, I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there. Yeah, but like the the thing the thing that like really pissed me off was the fact that they tried to play this off as a win for African Americans who are wrong. It's like, dude. It's like, it's like, like dude. It's like you. You. It's like you're nudging your friend. No. No. It's not. It's not that. This is not that. This is not what this is. No. no we're. And it's we're not even in the same boat. Freaking freaking Johnny D from Just Mercy didn't do it. He didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't murder that guy. Yeah. You, this, yeah. Uh, you, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't uh, assault that woman. Uh, yeah. You assaulted sixty people. Yeah, it's like it's like you take the microphone from the drunk person at the wedding. It's like you know what? Uh, let's let's just not do that. Let's yeah, just, but let's just let's just go ahead and pause on that. This yeah, this is just this is insane. It's. I think this is a massive miscarriage. And the thing is, like, we can't even get that mad at it because it's the law. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's but they should have known better. They should. So, I mean, yeah, like should have known you better. This is ridiculous. As you do this for a living. You literally do this for a living. Yeah. Like you, you know about this. The DA should have said, "Hey, you know, by the way, this can't. You know, I mean, you can't. You use this to, for a criminal trial. Like you should yeah. fucking know that. 
Yeah, you can't use for yeah. Well, yeah, the guy the guy who used the DA who tried to do this should have known better. Yeah, because, oh, and the other DA picking up the probably like picking up the breadcrumbs from the case obviously should have known. Hey, we can't do this. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? Bo- like, both DAs act like fucking morons in this case. Yeah, so it's not good. Um, oh, who is that one person that defended it on Twitter that got like roasted? Oh, it was Felicia Rashad. Oh my lord! Oof. Ish. Ugh, things you don't want to. Uh, yeah, uh, things oof. things you do not want to say in 2021. I'm defending Cosby. Remember, you went to that wedding and you got super drunk and gave us try to give a speech. Oof, I'll didn't t- go well. I'll tell. I'll take things through my pub- my public image for 200, Alex. <laughs> uh, and you're lucky that everybody at the wedding videotaped it. You are fucked. Yeah. So <laughs> not uh, good. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, look, be, be be angry, but. Yeah, not, I'm not, not even anything else. Just be angry. This is ridiculous. The yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the streets. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, Anthony Ray Hamilton was on death row longer than Bill Cosby was in jail, and he was innocent. I mean, I mean this shit here. You can't. Oh, man. Look, look at all the people. And look at the people that have died at the hands of death row for, for being innocent of these crimes. Like, this is crazy shit. God, this is, yeah, this is, this is insane. Something else is, is insane uh, is the story of Shikari Richardson. You hear about this, Russ? Uh uh-uh. you, you, you haven't heard this story? Uh-uh. Oh. Like, I don't really watch the news. So I have literally no idea. Okay, so, she, oh, well, cause you're, okay, because you're into because you're into running and stuff. So, Shikari running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shikari oh. is, a, is, a, is a sprinter. Oh, so, you're talking about the one that, the one that didn't um, yeah, so, acknowledge which. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, I know ba- so I basically, yeah, Shakari Richardson was a woman. She was a, she's a track runner. She's a sprinter. Amazing sprinter. Yeah. She she yeah. ran like her, her stats right now. She ran the one hundred the one hundred meter in ten in ten seventy two, ran the two hundred meter in twenty two flat. She wow. is ranked as the sixth fastest woman of all time. It's crazy. She qualified for the Summer Olympics with. You know, with flying colors, she was going to represent the U.S. in this in this, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, twenty twenty one Summer Olympics. But they're still calling it the twenty twenty Summer Olympic, which is fucking strange. Yeah, it's like, dude, we're we're out of that fucking god awful year. Please, let's stop that. Yeah. So, although that doesn't mean we're, it doesn't mean we're getting two Olympics, two Summer Olympics within four years. So I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm down. I I, I like the Summer Olympics. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. So she was all set to compete, but uh, nope, because she failed a drug test. Now you want to, oh, what, what's, no. that, what's your pause for? PCP, steroids, HGH, weed. Yeah, not even kidding. She tested positive for THC, and for that she was banned by the Olympic Committee from competing. It's fucking crazy. That is crazy, and like people were people were up in arms about this for good reason. I mean, oh uh, yeah, several several sports, several professional sports don't even test for weed anymore. No, I mean, shit. Look, ba- basketball would be a prime prime target. I mean, you know, I would I would imagine that's pretty high uh, oh, weed yeah. usage. Oh, I would absolutely. imagine for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's common. It's common sense. Um, yeah, but THC doesn't really like smoking weed. Really doesn't affect your performance to give you an edge no, like, on if, the competition. If, if, so, anything, I mean, like, if anything, it makes you worse. <laughs> It's and yeah, it makes you more relaxed and hungry. I mean, shit. I mean, that's it's not that's not a crime. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> unless Shakari Richardson was on to something. Maybe the, maybe this is how we could have beaten Usain Bolt. All our runners just like smoked a joint before. before uh, yeah, who needs blood doping when 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 we have we just have dope. We just have uh, we just have THC. So I, I don't know. I think it's a little crazy. I think it's a little much, uh, especially to get hammered for that. Um, 
yeah it wasn't I, like she was like like how i said before like you know with lance armstrong blood doping and stuff like that yeah no if she, um, if she, if she was on like, it, it's human growth it's not, hormone i'd understand yeah. her getting banned but this is just yeah weird. It, 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 like this is not going to affect her performance in any no. way and it's and it's and it's you know they're making a it's obviously you know legal in some states and, and they're making sure, a oh. push for medical marijuana oh, so, i mean it's okay she doesn't, it's, it's she doesn't live in a state where it's legal but still yeah if she but, but still you know uh, she was in. Oh wait. Oh, actually, she goes to LSU. Huh? Is is we is we legal in Louisiana? I imagine it is. I would. Ima- I mean, I would. I would assume. Yeah. Well, uh, we gotta, oh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta check it out. Apparently, it's not. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> Those Nola folks frown on the on the on the silly <laughs> on the wacky weed. <laughs> no, wa- no wacky grassy here. <laughs> no wacky grassy, but we can have drunk people flashing tits for beads. Yeah, so but, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, regardless, I think this is the, her band is ridiculous, and it sucks because you know she had a really good chance of taking gold this summer. Yeah, and that's just not going to happen. I feel bad, but you know she, she's yeah. moving on. Hopefully, she gets another chance, another chance, another four years. For sure. I mean, and I, on you know playing devil's advocate, she should have known they test for that shit. So I mean, you kind of have to. You have to wait out. I mean, it's stupid that they're doing it, but on the same token, she's a professional athlete. She should have kind of known better. Yeah, a little, little, little bit, but you know, she's just. But still, so it's it's weed under I mean, under on. a lot of stress. Apparently, her mother died recently, so I mean, I, I get it. I can't yeah. take the edge off. It's just, it's just, it's just a stupid. In my opinion, it's just a stupid thing to test for. Oh, absolutely! I absolutely that, that'd be like fucking saying caffeine. Oh, she had a soft drink before. <laughs> she, you know what I mean? She had a, she had a mountain to do before the test. She had that, that damn code red. I told you that makes people faster. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like come on. Like I don't. You got to pick your battles, man. This is this is this is crazy shit we're doing yeah, here. Caffeine, alcohol, shit like this. Yeah, I, this, this it's is yeah. Uh, next thing I want to talk. That's the first thing we're gonna talk about. First thing, actual like news story we're talking about. Movie news story we're talking about. Uh, the F9 box office uh, movie's doing well, not blowing away, but it's doing well. Probably been doing a lot better under normal circumstances, but uh, oh yeah, no movie, doubt. Uh, movie so far has grossed uh, 503 million dollars on a budget of between 200 to 225. It's, it's already made its money back. Yeah, I mean, and kind of what you said. I mean, this movie would have cleared a billion. I. I I think easily Absolutely. with uh, with normal circumstances, but we're getting there. So I think that this is a, this is definitely a good sign. Half a half a billion dollars. I mean, this is this yeah. Is a good uh, sign. Open, open big is, uh, had a big opening weekend. Let me get the numbers for that. Uh, projected to see projected to open between fifty five and uh, ended up opening seventy million dollars, which was the highest grossing opening weekend since Force Awakens back in nineteen. Yeah, I mean, so you see that. I mean, it definitely. I mean, I think this movie would have made over a hundred in normal circumstances. But again, you you can't be too uh, you can't be too ashamed about it, though, for sure, yeah. given the circumstances. Uh, film fell uh, fell in the second weekend, but had a huge up in the second weekend. It fell sixty six percent. Still took still took still took top spot of the box office, falling with twenty three point eight million. Uh, falling behind Boss Baby and uh, Boss Baby Family Business and The Fair Purge, both of which are. Underperforming, which is fine for the purge because it costs dick to make. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and the movie was, I mean, okay. Uh, I, I liked a little bit of the concept. I just wish that they would have put it together differently. Yeah. So, uh, question that I have though, uh, we have Blackwood opening this week. How do we yeah. think this is going to do in terms? Because it's the first Marvel movie we've had in about the be about a year and a half. About a year and a half. No, yeah. not even that. Not even that. Like about because the last one was what Spider Man. So actually, yeah, about a year since we've had a, a last Marvel movie. 
So, no, wait. No, two years. Two uh, years. Uh, yeah, shit. Yeah, because that was July of 19. Yeah, that uh, Spider-Man, the second one came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two years since we, ha- since we had a, Mar- a Marvel movie. Uh, yeah. how, do, how do we think this is going to debut? I'm, I'm going to say between... I, I, I think it's going to get close to 100 million. I don't think it's going to quite break it. I'll, I'll hedge my bet and say 90. I'll say 95. I'll say between like 75, 85. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to do well. It's like kind of, you know, where you're at. I think I don't think it's going to hit 100. I hope it does. I like I like I want to see success at the box office. I don't think I don't think any of us, you know, I don't think any of us like movie nerds are like opposed to that. You know what I mean? Like, we want to see the box office boom. We want to see good stuff. We want to see things get back to normal. Um, I don't know. It just depends. Uh, you know, they they kept holding this movie back for a reason, you know, because of COVID and stuff like that. So let's see what happens. Hopefully they make, you know, uh, some of that money back and it's not too much of a uh, all could have, would have, should have put it on, you know, streaming when they had the shot. So, well, keep in mind they're also doing the day and date release with Plus. Oh so, yeah, that's right. They are. So they're gonna release it for what thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. Yeah. Which I think. Pe- I mean, I think people are more inclined to pay that than they will. Yeah. For sure, because you're gonna save money doing it like that. Exactly. So, oh yeah, we'll definitely see how that turns out. But yeah, uh, I'm seeing Black Widow. As recording this, I'm seeing Black Widow tomorrow. I'll probably see it either tomorrow or I'll probably end up seeing it Friday, but I'm definitely seeing it this weekend. So, and, all right, so, and yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be uh, looking out for that. Uh, next thing we're talking about, uh, we thought COVID relays were done. They are, but for the most part, but this one still got delayed anyways, which pisses me off because <laughs> I just want to see Dune. Uh, Dune got delayed again. Which, are you serious? Now it didn't get delayed far. It only got delayed about a week. But here's the okay. But here's the problem. Uh, it it basically would have owned the weekend it debuted on. Here's what yeah. it's here's what it's opening against now. Opens on uh, opens on October twenty second. Okay, actually, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have owned the weekend if it, if it came out. I think oh, it came out. Sorry, got delayed a few weeks because it was supposed to come out. I think October first. Okay. So yeah, it would have had that weekend a pretty good spot to itself. Here's what's opening against now. Uh, it's opening after <laughs> Halloween Kills. Yeah, which... Oof. Yeah, it's following Halloween Kills and No Time to Die. Opening against Ron's Gone Wrong, which again, family. Which, yeah, big market there. French Dispatch, yeah. not going to be a big movie. And then Last Night in Soho opens a week after. Okay. So yeah, a bit of a bit of a more crowded field than what they're doing now. But I do think that... I don't know if it's a smart move to op- move up this move back to this spot, but I think it would make more sense to go to October 1st, because October 1st, you're opening against Holder Transylvania 3, or Holder Transylvania 4, Adam's Family, and Manny's Into Newark, which neither are going to be as big of moneymakers, but again, again, competing studios. Uh, so, I think it's probably going to win this weekend box office, unless the Jackass fans show up, because I guess there's another Jackass movie coming out the same day. Which I'll probably end up saying, because I, I too was a Jackass fan, so... Yeah, so uh, but I, I still see doing the same weekend, though, so it'll be a wash. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see. I'll see doing three. T- I'll see doing three times if I have to, if I have to make this a hit. <laughs> Dude, I'm. I'm. All, uh, Jackass came out at the right time. We're all. We've, we've talked about this. We're all on board. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, going straight straight to theaters. Not uh, going straight to theaters after. Uh, for a few days, then it's dropping on Mac the same day, which Denny's not happy about, but. We'll see, but do you think do you think Dune has the potential to be a hit? We don't we don't even know how much the film costs. I mean, it costs. I mean, they put some money in it. it I probably, mean, obviously, probably costs a lot. With the cast, I mean, shit. That the cast alone, not even going special effects. Um, it can be a success. I hope it is. 
Um, I just don't know. You know, Blade Runner 2049 really underperformed for him, um, and I really wasn't on board with it, but uh, it wasn't his best. Um, but when you have such a good repertoire, I mean, I mean, that's still not that's still saying something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like This could be a mixed bag. It just depends if it finds the right audience. I mean, I, I know, you know, the, the sci-fi nerds and stuff like that, uh, you know, We'll be out watching it, but I don't know if uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of what you said. It's got the right. It, it's got to appeal to mainstream audiences. It's got a hit. You know what I mean, and that's yeah. the thing. Um, I don't know. I really don't. Got that's it. that's the big un- unknown with with that movie. Look, even even if it doesn't even if it doesn't do well, just give him just give him the money he wants to make the sequel. I don't care. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, it's still gonna be a it's still gonna be an entertaining and eye eye popping film to watch, and it's gonna be great to see on the screen. So, I mean, I'm I'm down. Uh, now he's talking about. We talked the last time about how we're getting a the next Transformers movie going to be Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, and it's moving forward because they have now cast their Optimus Primal in the form of Ron Perlman. Uh, yeah, Ron Perlman is a, Optimus Primal, as you can understand. In Beast Wars, was the monster version of Optimus Prime. He transformed into a big ass gorilla. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ron Perlman doing this is. Interesting. He's got a great voice. I, I can buy him as a Transformers. And says that's a little too sinister to be an, an Autobot. Being honest. Yeah, a little bit. I'm out, Miss Primal. Yeah, I'm a good <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah. Even even his Hellboy. Like you're, the whole time you're convinced, like, no, you're the you're the villain. Yeah, and it's like, dude, we need we need another Hellboy three. We do. We need we need to get. I I, yeah. I, I, I wish we could have gotten Hellboy three. That ain't gonna happen. I would even I'd sell for like a better sequel to the Harbor one. I thought Harbor was good as Hellboy. I like Ooh, I like lightning out there. I would settle for Harbor in a good movie as Hellboy. Yeah, I, I absolutely would. I dug I dug the first one okay, and they left it off to where they obviously were gonna make a sequel. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. I doubt that's 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 pretty much done. Uh, but yeah, something else. Something else. But yeah, Ron Perlman is off the primal has my curiosity. I'm very curious to see what they actually look like. Yeah. Uh, again, a lot of potential. Like Stephen Campbell Jr. Definitely curious to see where this goes. Uh, another movie that, could, but speaking of sequels, that could happen or that won't happen. This, well, that sequel won't happen. This one that could. Uh, apparently, according to Don Cheadle, who was just in the Soderbergh film No Sudden Moves, uh, Soderbergh is apparently considering doing Ocean's Fourteen. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know who would be in this because when you look at it. Uh, Bernie Mac no longer with us. Carl Reiner no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone else. Oh, Casey Affleck, Poison. Yeah, questionable. Questionable. Questionable activities. Yeah. Uh, I think Elliot Gold still acts. <laughs> yeah, Elliot Gold still acts, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think everyone else is around. You could. I would like to see them draft people from Ocean's Eight, even though I don't like the movie very much. I mean, oh, dude, absolutely. Yeah, br- bring it. Bring in Sandra Bullock. Bring in Kate. Bring Branches. in San- Bring in Sandra. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so like, what, I what, like it. Yeah, the idea. I, what, what I would see. I love to see them bring like the existing of like, who's left of the eight who's not dead or morally questionable. Uh, yeah. Bring them of the thirteen. Bring them back. Bring in uh, Kate and Sandra from. Uh, eight, eight, yeah, absolutely. and then bring in one newbie. Yeah, uh, yeah, bring, be, yeah, bring in yeah, uh, Tiffany Haddish. She's everywhere. Why not? Uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I was joking. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. Would you be down for another Ocean's movie? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, they're fun. I, I liked Ocean's Eight probably more than you did, but uh, right. yeah, no, they're fun. They're fun films. I'm um, obviously having, yeah, obviously with me again. 
with the Ocean series, not having seen Ocean's 11 until our review, seeing Ocean's 12 and 13 uh, before Ocean's 11, man. I'm just in Ocean's 8 before that. I'm just like, I'm all over the map. But uh, yeah, they're fun films. And Soderbergh behind it, absolutely. I, I would see it. I, I hope, like kind of what you said, I hope they would marry the two. I think that would be really fun. And a great, I think just be fun to see everybody on screen together with Kate and Clooney and Pitt and, and, and uh, Bullock all together. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, no, I think I think there's a lot of potential. I think if anyone could pull us off, it's Soderbergh. Which, I mean, the thing of like the like, cast like this, can you imagine if like movies were like sports, where like each film had a salary cap for actors? Uh, this, I mean, you couldn't do a fantasy team with these guys under the cap, like your uh, uh, DraftKings or whatever. You set the lineup for your thing; they'd no. be all the way over. It is like ah, oh, we, we just have too much money to Clooney, so we can't we can't cast <sighs> this guy. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can pick Pitt, but you can't pick anybody else. Like shit, what do we do? We can't, we can't, we cast Pitt. He's taking up a bulk, bulk of our salaries. We uh, gotta get a bunch of no names. I give you Scott. I give you Scott Con. Done. <laughs> I give you Scott Con. I'll, tra- I'll trade you a I'll trade you a three picture deal for Matt Damon. Done deal. Done. I like where your head's at. I'll trade I'll trade you Scott Con a three picture deal for Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah. And, no Casey Affleck. and no Casey Affleck. And no Casey Affleck. No mention of Casey Affleck's character at all during the film. Although he's still doing movies, so maybe maybe he's. No, I don't. I don't know where. I don't know where he's. I don't know where he stands as far as like the canceled board. He, just because he like he's like kind of under the radar. I feel like he's kind of got out of it. Uh, he's like they were gonna pull him in with the with the the the, the phaser. They were gonna bring him in, and I just think he, he got lost in all these all these other people. And I don't think you know you don't really hear much about him. Yeah, he was in a movie this year. Uh, he was in that one with our friend. Yeah, our friend. Yeah, which was really depressing. Apparently, he's got some other some other stuff coming, but yeah, you, he's still working though. He's yeah, still he's working. You very cool. rarely hear about Casey Affleck, but he's still working. Good actor. It's a sh- again. It's just a fucking shame that uh, it's a shame that this shit has to happen. Yeah, that'd be a fucking idiot. So, uh, next thing I want to talk about is a thing that I guess is in production now. I fr- I think we might have talked about this, but I forgot. I forgot it was a thing. Uh, we're getting another Fletch movie. I guess. Oh no shit! Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, I saw that. Almost like, great. We're gonna get like fucking seventy year old Chevy Chase being Fletch again. Who came and fucking like coherently throw a sentence out because he's shot with all the drugs. Thing is, we're not though. Okay. Uh, the role of Fletch is being taken over by John Hamm. Hmm. I'm like, I, okay. Did we ever talk about this? Because I, I, I swear I would have no. remembered this if we. I would have. I would have remembered it too because I love Fletch. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. going to be based on the book Confess Fletch. Greg Matola, super bad, is directing this film. Uh, Cast also features Marsha Gay Harden, Kyle MacLachlan, and John Slattery. Uh, yeah, uh, another Fletch film. I mean, it's, it's interesting, and I, I like okay. I like Ham as Fletch. I think the dude, I think Ham under the right, under the right circumstances or just under any circumstances can be can be really funny. See, I would like Bateman. I think Bateman would knock that out. Oh, Jason Bateman, Bateman would be an excellent Fletch. Just because of his dry, I just love his dry like humor, like how he just so like he comes off so dry. He doesn't laugh at his shit. You know what I mean? I I, I like that. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, on board. I like John Hamm though. Yeah, I do. I do like John Hamm. Uh, super bad. Yeah. One, one of my favorite comedies of all time. Oh, it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I didn't. I didn't know I was directing Paul. Good for him. Paul uh, was good too. The, yeah, the alien. Yeah, Paul. Paul was really funny. I like Paul was funny. Yeah, I like that movie. Uh, and yeah, uh, confess, Fletch. That's it's, it's shooting. It's in production right now. And Maybe they'll have a cameo from Chase. I would. I would be cool with that. Yeah, if, if Chase gets a cameo, that's fine. But don't, yeah, don't, 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 don't let him lead this movie. 
Don't let him fucking talk, cause he's a, he's a mess. Oof. Uh, you could tell that guy partied in the seventies and eighties. And speaking of casting, we got a casting uh, news for our League of Our Own series. They have found their manager in the form of this is perfect casting, in my opinion, Nick Offerman. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Nick yeah. Offerman is going to be the manager of the. I don't know if it's going to be the Rock, the Rocker Peaches in this in this show, but That's he will good, be the though, manager yeah. of the main baseball team. And I think this is a perfect pick. I could see it. Yeah, I like yeah. it. He's not as you know, like high pitches Hank. Kind of like the the lower pitched version of Hank's character. Like he's yeah, a, he's a real ma- he's a real man's man. Like he was in Parks and Rec. I think this could be yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I could I, I could see it. it could be good. I think this could work. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think this. I, I am excited to see. I'm excited to see the show. This is going to be on Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime, at some point. I don't know when it's coming out, but uh, it's got. Why am I blanking on her name? Uh, Janet from The Good Place, which she's, she's hilarious on that show. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to seeing that whenever it drops. And something I'm not looking forward to very much. That's <laughs> something I'm sure you will be. Zack Snyder's got another movie coming up. Uh, so you hate him on you hate him so much, man. Because he because he doesn't make good movies. If he made if he well, made good movies, I wouldn't hate him as much. I, I enjoyed the Justice League four hour film. Thank you. <laughs> uh, his next film is coming out, also being produced by Netflix. And it's going to be based on Star Wars. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, ten years ago, he pitched a Star Wars movie for, for Lucasfilm. They obviously didn't go for it. Uh, okay, so make he's <laughs> he's written around it. He's he's like scratched out some names, scratched out some locations, and now he's making. Uh, it the may movie. or may not be a similar to. <laughs> this is this is this is Totuan. This guy's a bounty hunter. Uh, this guy's a hunt. He he hunts. He's, he's a people hunter. He's a hunt, oh, okay. He's a, hunt, he's a hunter of bounties. Oh, okay. And not the quilted picker upper. Okay, I like it. This, huh? A ch- Chaba- Chabaku the walkie. <laughs> he's a walkie. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, I no. still haven't even seen the Netflix one that he did. Did you like that one? Was that good? That's fine. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't want you. Sucker punch <laughs> is still the worst. Sucker. Sucker Punch is still bad, though. Sucker Punch is god awful. So it might be his worst. I think. I oh, think that's, oh, that's easily his worst. Oh yeah. I don't sure. care. How, I don't care how much I dislike BVS. This that's easily his worst movie. Because it looks so good, like the trailer built it up to make it look like fucking badass, it's, and it just it's, sucked. It's, it's literally Inception for dummies. <laughs> it's a watered down Inception, literally. But yeah, uh, Star Wars ripoff come from Zack Snyder. Which look, sure. This sounds dumb as fuck, but I'm. I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm curious to see it. Is this going to be like a kind of like a fanboys type thing? Like I I, I'm down. This could this could be ridiculous. Could be amazing. I'm not sure, but I Zack Snyder fanboys make it happen. I gotta see this. Like I gotta know what this looks like. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. The story will involve a peaceful colony sending a mysterious young woman to recruit interplay warriors and take on the armies of a of a tyrannical regent named Belisarius. So yeah, okay. uh, it's basically a combination of it's a combination of Star Wars and Seven Samurai, which again, Star Wars takes a lot of inspiration from Kurosawa, so that's fine. But yeah, uh, that mysterious young woman was totally supposed to be Princess Leia, clearly. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can you can you can see the <laughs> you can see the dots. I, I, I see the breadcrumbs you're dropping. I see where we're going yeah, with this. I, I do want to see just to, just to see like how similar it is to Star Wars. Yeah, you don't even go like you get the fucking <laughs> you Gus. get the the the, the Q wings. Oh my god! It's like Gus Van Sant's uh, Psycho all over again. 
<laughs> but you, you, you change, I, I'd want to. I want to remake like just re- remake a Star Wars movie, but just change the name of everything. Be fucking hilarious. Though. You that can make be, like a spoof out of it. Would, It'd be hilarious. Would be hilarious. It'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Well, that's it for news today. Which means we now move on to the movie of the week. This is bum, 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 bum. Yep, Barton Fink. Uh, so Barton Fink was a film by the written and directed by the Coen Brothers. Even though only Ethan, either only Joel's correct credited. This is due to DDA rules at the time. Actually, the yeah. thing. Uh, you couldn't have two credited direct. If, if you were both guild members, you couldn't be credited on a movie together directing. That's how wow, it used so to you, be. Yeah. Then he got changed predominantly because of the Coen Brothers. Uh, to which, like, unless you were, it could be ch- you can be credited on the same film if you're either married or brothers or siblings, I should say. Well, where you have that there, obviously. Yeah. So uh, you can be credited as siblings. So that's when they started getting credited together. But yeah, uh, this film actually came about when they were writing Miller's Crossing, which is not, which is a great film, right? Maybe their most underrated movie. Another one I need to check out. I have it. I've never seen it. Yeah, that movie is actually really great. Uh, was that from '93? Uh, I want to say it was '90. Actually, wait, it might, it might be '93. Let me see. Uh, yeah, no '90. Oh, okay. It was before. Okay, never mind. Yeah. So th- yeah. So this came out. Yeah. So while they were writing Miller's Crossing, they had a bad case of writer's block. And they okay. ended up, you know, they ended up stop writing, stop writing Miller's Crossing, and started writing this. And about it got, a guy that has kids, yeah, it's great. Yeah, this movie also had like an interesting post production where it came, where it came together really fast. They only shot, they only had like six weeks of shooting for this, which is why like so many people in this film were like, you know, Cohen Staples. Oh my God, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, among among fucking others. But, oh, there's a ton. Yeah, but. Uh, came out uh, was a massive critical hit. Uh, debuted, debuted at Cannes. Uh, was one of the few films that won three major awards, including uh, the Palme d'Or, Best Director, and Best Actor for John Turturro. Uh, came out in the states uh, not as big as we thought it. As they thought it'd be clearly. We're not as artsy. We don't appreciate art. <laughs> not not in 1991. We didn't. I mean, it's crazy, and it's crazy though, because honestly, like I. We'll obviously talk about you know the, the film, but um, yeah, it just it has that indie vibe. You, you can feel it, you know. But yeah, so thirty years later, this is it's gone gone reputation as one of the Coen's best movies. So does is that a thing that rings true today? No, I don't know how many. I don't know how well versed you are on the Coens, Russell. Have you seen a lot of the movies? I've seen the majority. I've seen uh, Fargo, No Country. Uh, seen uh, uh, Burn After Reading. Uh, obviously, this one for uh, a serious man five. I didn't. Point is, yeah, you, uh, decent seen, enough. Yeah, decent. So I'm very curious to see. Like, you, you, you haven't seen all of them, so you're more of a casual Cohen's fan. Yeah, I would say here and there. I mean, but you, you, I, I, I know a, you're a fan. Ones, but you're, not yeah. like, you're not like hardcore about it. No, I mean they're not. I mean they're they're okay. I mean they're movie. They definitely have tropes, just like you know Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, like all the big directors have. You could tell it's there, so you know. Yeah, like I said, it's regarded as one of their uh, better movies. So, but th- but how does that does that same ring true thirty years later? We're gonna find out right now. This is Barton Fink. So we open up, we open up on the film. We meet our main character, Barton Fink. He is a playwright in New York, and he just got wrapped on one of his, you know, a new play he's written. And take a second to talk about John Turturro, who is the dude is maybe one of the most underrated actors of all time. Oh, for sure. I mean, he definitely elevates the things that he's in. Um, yes. I liked him in Secret Window. Um, I'm just just one off the top of my head. Um, you know, he's he's a good part of the Transformers film. 
Yeah, he just he's he's a good actor. He's solid in everything he's in. The, 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 he the always dude. gives you gives you the best. Yeah, and this may be his best performance. I think so. Because the way he dev- the way he like devolves in this film, like when you first meet him, you know, he's you know, he's he's awkward, he's standoffish. But as the film progresses, like you see you have to like, you know, unravel the layers of yeah. of of Barton in this film. And the way the depth he's able to take to take this performance, to take this character, point where like this dude could have been he could have been, you know, like kind of you know, kind kind of, you know, unlike unlikable. I, I think he portrays it in a way where, like, you do feel some sympathy, especially when bad things happen to him towards the end of the movie. We do feel some, oh, yeah. some level of sympathy for him. You do, yeah. He's a loner, like you, you, you totally do. It's a weird, co- it's a weird combination of you know cynicism, warmth, and you know standoff, standoff and vulnerability that I can very few actors I can see pulling this role off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot to ask for an actor. And, and very few, and a lot, you know, much less can do it when looking like Egon from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Which I, he okay, he's clearly modeled after the Cullen brothers at the time. Cause like you go look at the, if you go look at the, their pictures, like around circa 1990, 1991, he looks yeah. kind of like Ethan. But like I've seen Ghostbusters so many times that I see, I see it and I think Harold Ramis. I have totally say Harold Ramis for he sure. Does. So, anyways, uh, he's he's a massive hit on Broadway. Uh, you know, with these plays, his, his plays are you know, cute. People love them. He's a very quickly acclaimed writer. He gets a chance to go to L.A. to write a movie. That they're gonna go. Pay, they're gonna pay you a thousand dollars per week, and that'll that'll fund your that'll fund your stuff for the next for however long. You go in, you do that, you're fine. You'll be you'll, you'll be good for a while. And you know, Barton's one of those guys who like like all writers do. He wants what he's writing to feel important. Well, he wants to be authentic too. He doesn't he want to be, be like a sellout either, you know. Yeah. So, but ultimately, he he decides. Of course, I mean, most people would do that. He decides to take the job because shit, that's a lot of money, and I need it. Oh yeah, man. A- anybody would. Yeah. So he goes to the hotel. We meet st- where uh, the bellhop crawls out the basement. Which fucking is- love it, dude. Chet, Chet with an exclamation point. I love it. <laughs> Chet, and he he makes love you, it. he really makes sure you know his name. Chet. Chet. <laughs> Played by Steve Buscemi, who again one of those actors who perfect. I, I I love him in almost any Coen Brothers movie, but I love he's 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 movies. a treasure, dude. I I love Steve Buscemi. I've said it. I love him in, in Adam Sandler films too. I, I just I love when that guy shows up. Yeah, like he's, he's such an he's such an interesting actor because like he's a weird looking dude, but like he's like Sopranos. He was in the Sopranos he too. Was Sopranos. He's in Boardwalk Empire. Jeez, oh man, yeah. He's uh, this guy's work though. He's so versatile too. He's he's, he's so a perfect much. actor for these, he, he's, these he's uh, a, cameos. He's pheno- phenomenal, phenomenal fucking character actor. Absolutely. Yeah, like yeah, I, I love I love that dude. Um, and it's it's funny that uh yeah he's like he's, he's a strange looking dude except for like there's there's one movie where he was actually kind of good looking and it's Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Reservoir Where he was like trying to be like cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I was like, okay, all right, yeah. Steve Buscemi, you go, you go, boy. Everything else, man, they totally dork him out, man. Yeah, everything else, he's like the really nerdy guy. But even even yeah. that, I, I love I love the guy. So uh, he ends yeah. up in this ho- in this in this hotel. Then he goes to meet the studio head, played by Michael Lerner. Again, no- another character actor who's been a lot of Coen Brothers, been a couple of Coen Brothers films. Uh, yeah. An actor who's also fantastic in this film. He's not in it very much, but when he's in it, he's he's killing it. He actually oh, he also, sure. he actually got nominated for best supporting actor for this film. No shit. I'm yeah, I'm surprised he's the one. Just because I think that I think he's good in the movie. Don't get me wrong. 
I think there's a even sport sporting go. There's a better performance you could have put up here, which we'll get to later. But yeah, um, yeah. So basically, like, they want him to write a wrestling picture. Which, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. Uh, which yeah, Barton doesn't know very much about, and as a result, he's getting writer's block. Yep. Yeah, so he's, strugg- he's struggling to he's struggling to write because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Meanwhile, while this is happening, here's what could be laughing or crying coming down the hall. And so then he he calls into the front desk. He's like, "Hey, uh, can, can someone's uh, making noise down the hall. Can you uh, go check on the ship, please?" Get a tattletale. <laughs> and I love that they perform the performance because like the dude is so close, you can hear him walk out of his room. Yeah, this walls down are the super hall, thin. And then see him like stand at the door. And you're just like, fuck. You hear that pounding on the door. Yeah. And th- and th- this this is Charlie, played by other Cohen brother staple, John Goodman. Really, who, really solid performance, too. Who, in my opinion, is the best performance in the entire film. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not even a question. Like, because you never really know where, you're, where you stand with this dude. Because you first meet him, and he's just standing there. He's just like, did you, did you call in? Did you call in on me? And you're just like, uh, you're, you're, you're scared to answer him. Yeah. But then, like, as it devolves, like, as he goes, you're just like, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll make it too much. No, yeah. not bad. And they just they introduce himself. They start to hang in. They have a drink. And they have a likable chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And, yeah, like I said, it's it's kind of what you said. It, but I think that's a credit to Goodman's performance in this film where he can make you feel uneasy and then kind of, you kind of like, oh, okay, he's not too bad. He's, he's harmless. Okay. I, 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 I'm cool with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, this is this is the part where you see one of the flaws of Bart Fink as a, as a dude, because you you see like he's talking to Charlie, who like he Barton is someone who, he always says he wants to write about the common man, you know, yeah. the everyday guy, the person who got stories. Meanwhile, you have Charlie who is a common man, and he, like every time he's like I got stories, I can tell you stories. He cuts him off. Yeah. So he's like it's it's kind of like the you know the power, the dichotomy between you know the upper the separation between the upper and lower class. Where like yeah. the upper class think they understand the lower class, but they really have no idea. Because they don't take the time to listen. And they, you know? I mean, they kind the of it's listen. already predetermined in their head. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. a, that's epitomizing this scene. But yeah, uh, and again, like with John Turturro, like as soon as you see him, like you see him start to warm up, warm up to Charlie, you see him become, you know, you know, less 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 standoffish and more so, uh, you know, more of an open person. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it, and it, the interesting thing were like, again, this is a friendship that like keeps on through the movie. It would have been so easy to make him like the reason that he can't get anything done because he's always making noise down the hall. But they don't do yeah. that. I admire that. It did, and, and honestly, it called call me crazy. And I had a lot of shades of plays, trends, and automobiles with the relationship between the two characters. A little bit, kind yeah. of almost the same thing. That's kind of what reminded me of just the, the two relationships between two two completely different characters. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So he go, so he go, then goes to meet his producer, played by Tony Shalhoub, a guy who will become a Coen Brothers staple. Uh, basically, his producer is that's producer, the guy like who's monitoring him while he's writing his while he's writing his, his stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> he suggests that he go meet. He, he tells me he's having writers block, having trouble figuring out the story, and he just says, "You know what? You should go meet another writer." <laughs> by sheer coincidence, what a disaster! While yeah. they're at lunch, they meet. Uh, what the fuck was his name? W.P. Mayhew. W.P. Mayhew. Played, yeah. by, played by John Mahoney, uh, Frasier's yeah. dad from Frasier. He's perfect in this one, too. What a, wow. What a character in this one. 
Yeah, so he, he basically plays uh, a novelist that he really respects. So we asked him if he can help him out. Yeah. Uh, help, him out, help him out with the script. And he's just like, yeah, sure, come on my place. We'll help you out. We'll, 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 we'll be all right. Uh, we are not all right because he goes to he goes to his place and yeah, it turns out he's, he's uh, likes to hit likes to hit the bottle a little too much. Just a little bit. Just you can tell bit. he had a little bit of a problem when we see him like what chugging out of the uh, the flask. Yeah, like he went he, like yeah, he loves the hooch. Loves the hooch. That's when we, that's when we also meet his secretary. Uh, is it Andrea? Uh, Audrey. Audrey. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Audrey. <laughs> Basically, like the one monitoring him when he goes on his drunken spats, and yeah, we see babysitter. That. Yeah, it's babysitter. like a babysitter almost. Yeah, uh, and we see like on his, we see him in you know, when we go, they go to hang out and they go to you know have to have lunch. I see him trying to run like things by, but he's getting drunk and he, he's getting drunk and he's a real, he's a real son of a bitch. He hits Audrey. Yeah, he's like, yeah, the same reaction we find out where like anyone we liked is like a sexual harasser. Like that son of a bitch. <laughs> he's really, t- he's really yeah. talented. I like his work, but that son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I think that's funny. Movie, movie also has a sick, a sick, tense, <laughs> kind of a twisted sense of humor to it, which I do enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we find out. That we also find out that uh, you know things might not be entirely professional between Audrey and Maho- and uh, Mahoney. Or May here, I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we find out that they that they are in fact uh, you know doing the old uh, you know, horizontal shuffle. Mm-hmm. Another thing to keep in mind is the fact that his, his hotel, it's always hot. Oh my god! It, but dude, it, does that put you in th- that mood though? Like I I I want to compare it to almost. Uh, tw- 12 Angry Men, how it, it's that sweltering. It, it makes you feel hot watching it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I think that's the, the brilliance of the Cohen brothers. You know what I mean? Just they really put you in that environment. You feel hot watching the film. Yeah, no, like you, you see like, every, like everyone in this hotel is all sweaty. Or like yeah. not everyone. The two people we see in this hotel are all sweaty. Which is Even good. the wallpaper is the starting wallpaper to peel from is the, peeling yeah. from the wall. Like, this, is, this, is not, this is not a good spot. No. There's a mosquito out there which they just cannot seem to nail down. <laughs> a damn mosquito. Uh, but yeah, uh, but still, and in again, even after all this work, Barton cannot write anything. Uh uh-uh. No, got nothing. See, and the problem is he's got he's got a basically like a progress report check in with Michael Lerner's character coming up the next day. Which is great because he has literally nothing. He has absolutely nothing. Yeah. So he, in a in a panic, he calls uh, Audrey uh, because you know you know Audrey helped, Audrey's you know typed t- 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 out a lot of stuff for Mayhew, so just like yeah, I can't deal with Mayhew right now. Can you come and help me out with this? It's like yeah, that's where we get a, like a big bombshell. The fact mm-hmm. that Audrey, in fact, did a lot of writing that Mayhew took credit for. Yeah. That you know, that she was kind of like his go his ghostwriter. Yeah, which obviously to the shock of Barton, because that's I mean this is one of you know Fink's yeah, he looks up to him. This is his idol. You know what I mean? Yeah, like imagine like imagine finding out J.K. Rowling never wrote Harry Potter. Actually, that might be that might be better off. Considering circumstances now, that might be better better case scenario. But imagine finding out J.R. <laughs> J.R. Tolkien didn't write Lord of the Rings. And some chick he was banging wrote it. Now what? Boom. 
about that shit. <laughs> Progressive. But no, yeah. Curveball, bitches. It's a big shock to Barton, but uh, yeah, they. Uh, but you know, they do. They do the two of them. I, don't, I can't remember the actress's name, but the two of them do Judy, have chemistry. Judy Davis. Judy Davis. That's right. Yeah. Him, him and Judy Davis do have really good chemistry, because they kind of. Oh, they they do. Yeah. Yeah, they're like they're kind of like Kinder's Beer, where just like she kind of sees a young. She likes the idea of a young idealistic writer, and she like and he like he's attracted to someone who's you know more intellectual. And I think they kind of they have they're pretty much similar to each other though you know what I mean because she's basically alone anyway because she's babysitting Mayhew on his drunk you know tirades and stuff like that she's looking for somebody to like actually have that type of intelligent you know intellectual conversation with and Barton's alone too so I think that's why these characters play off of one another so well yeah for sure uh, so anyway the two the two the two of them hook up uh, we then go to the next day now the mosquito is back. And it's sitting it like is. right on top of Audrey. Smack that ass. And like, <laughs> no, smack that back. Smack that back. Smack that hips. Smack that back. Go down a little lower. I want to smack that ass. <laughs> but like, you think you know how it's going to play. You think you're like, oh, he's going to hit her. She's going to scream. It's going to be funny. She's going to pop up, yeah. Uh, but he hits it. He smacks the mosquito, kills it. She doesn't scream. Bitch and likes it. there's. <laughs> she likes it. <laughs> she likes that shit. Uh,. And there's a little bit of blood under her. Uh, yeah, she's fucking dead. What a curveball. I did not see that coming. No, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, holy shit. That was me, man. I was like, what? I was like, oh. I was like, what? It's like a murder mystery shit now. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. Uh, someone apparently broke in, murdered her, didn't even attempt to touch Barton. And just yeah. l- and just left. Lucky son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, so of course, being you know, being knowing nobody else in the hotel, uh, he goes to see Charlie. He's like, "Look, Charlie, just come in to look at this. I need yeah, your help." Before, yeah, but before you do this, I did not do this. Yeah. And so like, he's he's freaking out, and I I love the way Tatoo's performance evolved after this because you know like the way he gets all manic when he's like. When he's like, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And the point where he's like in shock. Yeah, he's like super paranoid, but rightfully so, though. I mean, this this he doesn't kind of what you said. He doesn't know anybody. This this chick's murdered in the bed, like, but she's like even with this big, you know, big Hollywood director and shit. I was like, what does he do? Like, you know, he doesn't know anybody. Like he like really confides in Charlie. Yeah, Uh, but more to the point, he still does. Charlie takes care of the body. Meanwhile, he still doesn't have anything for his wrestling script. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, he goes into the meeting like in blind, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm still, I'm still working on it." But he's got pitching like vague ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's gonna be an orphan. Yeah, maybe be an orphan. Maybe an orphan. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it wins. It's cool. Yeah. It like even like when like a little, like uh, his uh, assistant played by John Polito questions him about it, he's like, oh, "Get out!" And then he like starts like, "You you get down, you kiss his feet, you kiss his feet right yeah. now." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, I, I do again. Michael Lerner owning every scene he's in in this film. Uh, it's a this is a fantastic scene. I really like it because you think it's going to go completely the opposite way. They're going to expose. Fink is kind of like a not a fraud, but like kind of just like this guy doesn't have any idea. He's 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 really he has nothing, and you know these guys are gonna hate hate him, probably release him from from you know the contract or whatever and, and all this stuff. And it goes completely the opposite way. I think it's it's kind of funny. Yeah, 
Now around this time as well, uh, Charlie does, Charlie has to leave. Yeah. Uh, because his, his business is ta- his business is taking him elsewhere, and I, I mean it, it's it's so sad, like it's so sad when like Barton reacts to Charlie because like man you're the only, you're the only friend I got in this town please. He's like yeah it's fine I'll be I'll be back and if I'll be back in a few days it's cool yeah. But you see, he's really dependent on his his new friend now. I mean, he's like go dependent on him now, kind of. Yeah. Which which again, I'm 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 surprised they took this route because it would so easy make him like the annoying neighbor. But they decided to you know have, have the two of them have a friendship and like have, have like a really interesting relationship between the two of them. Yeah. Made it more complicated because he's brought he's <laughs> approached by two detectives. As we find out that uh, Charlie might not be who we thought he was. Which is another, I mean, it's it's a surprise, but it's not a surprise, you know what I mean? I think it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, like, you, you know, have, something has to happen, you know what I mean? Yeah, we find out that his name's actually not Charlie, his name's uh, Munt, Madman Munt, who's a yeah. serial killer, whose M- who's M.O. is basically he goes around killing people with a shotgun and then s- sewing off their heads, or then cutting off their heads. Yeah. We forget to mention that uh, Charlie actually left Barton a box. A yeah, box so of his personal items. Yeah, a couple couple years, four years before, what's in the box? What's in the box? Yeah, yeah, four, yeah, four years before. <laughs> four <laughs> years then we, the didn't infamous... even, we didn't even have the gall to ask that question. Yeah, we, we just, okay. Uh, but then uh, Barton starts writing. Finally, at long last, he starts writing. Yeah, yeah, and he and he gets go- he gets going, and yeah, he finishes the script. Uh, to which he goes out, he celebrates. Apparently, there's some kind of USO thing going on downstairs. Yeah, it was completely ra- completely bizarre. More, this is something more like I think like Lynch would do. David Lynch. This does feel this very random. Li- does feel very Lynch. Uh, j- yeah, and uh, that's the vibe I got. Just you know. What the hell? What the hell just happened? Like you think you know what's going on at uh, this whole different scene? It like spins, and I think this is kind of like what Lynch does. Absolutely. So, uh, then so he ends up he ends up going he ends up going to this dance, and this is the scene where like this is the scene where we really start Barton Frank to see him like flex his muscle because you know a uh, marine shipping out. Our brother is like, hey, can I can I cut in? And he's like, no, I'm celebrating, and he's like, yeah. in a way, like you you see, you see like like because like I. You help people with my mind, and it, yeah. you, see, you see, like, why? Because, like, you know, like, more most people, like, especially this time, we're going to war. You know, like, we're going to war, and we're seeing yeah. it, was, it was like the manly thing that you go and like go to war and you know fight like fight the Nazis. But there's also the opposite approach, where like people like who fight with their you know fight with their fists, and like Barton's someone who's the intellectually fights with his mind. Yeah, uh, fight breaks out. <laughs> But this Dance is the first time he actually gets to flex this, though. Do you it know what does, I mean? I yeah. think he has, he has the confidence to finally do that. Yeah. Now, again, I, I, I love the way Collins play with their expectations on it because he leaves this script on with a fan right next to it. Yeah. And he's like, he's coming back, and you hear like the things, like things blowing around. And you're just like, oh fuck, the script like blew out the window or some shit. Yeah. No. Uh, what happened is the two detectives that questioned him earlier. Are there waiting for him? Yeah. Uh, they realize that he let on. He knew more about Month than he let on. They see the giant blood stain on his bed again. Another red flag. Literally. Literally a red flag. <laughs> Literally a red red flag. 
and they start to you know, start to question about you know his relationship with Munch. Is like, what is this? Like, you, you, is this turn you on? A sex thing? Like, no, this is not a sex thing. We never had you sex. About to wrestle. We wrestled. We wrestle. <laughs> Which is hilarious. I love that line. Like, it's, it's just so funny. Yeah. So uh, they cuff into the bed and they find out that uh, Charles or Munt is back. Now this scene. This scene where John Goodman, everything you see from him just goes out the window. Yeah, because you think you know who he is in this. and But we had seen these long hallway shots, which kind of reminded me of The Shining. I think uh, it almost reminded me of that. You know what I mean? I think, I don't know if you got the vibe from that at all. A little bit, yeah. Those long, those long hallway shots, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, this is where we really get to see the change of character of John Goodman as Charlie. Yeah, and this is why I think, you know, John Goodman, again, he's an actor who... I mean, he's always been around. People appreciate John Goodman, but like John Goodman is a phenomenal actor. Oh no, he's solid. He, guy's solid in everything. He really is. And the fact that John Goodman has no Oscar nominations in his star career is, is mind-boggling. Which I mean, there's a ton of movies you can sit there to go from too that he was just fantastic in. Yeah, this I think I, I think he should, he should have been the best supporting actor nominee for this movie. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I would I would agree. He's he's excellent in Cloverfield Lane. He's good in uh, the Babe. I, I liked him in the Babe. Fine. I mean, it was. I mean, yes, yeah, baseball film, but it still was. It was. It was good. He was good in it. But yeah, like you see the hotel catch on fire. He's assaulting these cops with a shotgun. Like it's. It's really scary stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like hell. It's literally hell, though. I mean, because which, because of the way that the fire is is yeah, going, which, and on top of it, with it being so fucking hot outside, and you know, sweltering heat and stuff like that. Yeah, which, 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 which we'll talk about like yeah, after the review and go and like, an, like analyze what the meaning of the meaning yeah. of the film. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he basically killed the two cops, goes to Barton, and basically explains you know like why he chose him, and yeah. he's just and the reason like we talked earlier, you don't listen. Like you know, yeah. Barton's someone who he like he was a little self centered at times. He can, yeah. like he's like he's about achieving his own goal at times, without even considering other people. Like, except, like we talked about it earlier, like with the fact that he's all about the common man. But when he has a chance to talk to one, he doesn't take it. Yeah, yeah. Right? To like, get his perspective on, I mean, he, you know, you're there. You're literally, you know, you have that that outlet right there that you that you are writing for. Yeah, you know, pull, pull, pull his opinion, take it, you know, use it. Uh, but yeah, so he's like, you know, like you, you learn, you learn your lesson, like you learn your lesson. And he just lets him go. You take, you take the script, takes his box, and he leaves. Uh, things don't get any better for Barton though, because he goes to the script next. They go to the studio next day with his script, and the studio hates it. Yeah, and which he thought was one of his. One, and again, um, which he thought was one of his best works he's ever put out. You know, so he's super confident about it. Yeah, he thought that it was his, well, some of the best work, but you know, he was like, "No, like, did you, did you, like, did you think?" It's crazy because, like, you know, like, they talk about like he, uh, he we wanted that Barton Fink feeling in the script, yeah. and then like the scene is just like, if I wanted that Barton Fink feeling, I would, I, I have ten guys who can give me that. Yeah. Here's the thing, like, like they, like they didn't buy, they didn't, they're not gonna make the script, yeah. uh, but they're not letting him go either. Yeah. They still got him under contract, so he's gonna so like they're gonna make him stay there, write till his contract is finished, and they won't make anything he writes. Yeah. Which yeah, in, in like the old days of Hollywood, that's what studios could do. They could con- they could contract a director or a writer, like an exclusivity contract to like exclusive exclusivity contracts were like really bigger than this in this era of Hollywood. 
to where yeah. like if you were under contract with a studio, you couldn't go and make a movie somewhere else. So basically, he's, he's stuck doing this for overseas. Well, game. yeah, but they wanted to lock up talent. They wanted their talent, their you know what I mean, their cream of the crop going elsewhere and making money for other people. So I could see where that was po- why it was popular back then. Yeah. So that yeah, so they basically stuck doing this for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, then the movie, and he goes to the beach. He sees a woman. Uh, and then he's like, and he's like, beautiful day, isn't it? And then she recreates a photo that he was that staring was up at on top of the yeah. In his hotel he was room. typing. And that's where the and that's where the movie ends. Yeah. So yeah, a lot to unpack with this film because it's very it's again it's 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 kind of Lynchian in a way. It is, and that's kind of why I had the vibes, just because there's no concise flow to it. Um, you think you know it, and then a curveball, you know, like that USO, even like that USO dance and stuff like that, that scene. Um, and just the ending, the end scene, where why would he randomly set the hotel on fire? Like, just different things like that. Um, definitely Lynchian, and I think it's, uh, those are always the fun films to kind of unpack. And I would even say Kubrick, I'd even say Kubrickian as well. I, I think that, uh, there's a little shade of uh, Kubrick in it, too. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about our interpretations of this film. Now, for me specifically, I think that, and it's kind of very overt, this is a pretty widely accepted uh, interpretation of this film, I think that this whole thing is about the personal hell of a writer. As in, like, first of all, hell is very prevalent in this, in this film. From the, oh, from, for sure. From the whole scene where he's looking into the Bible and reading his own story, the fact yeah. that his hotel is always hot, to the point where, like, this studio is basically being equated to a deal with the devil. Yep. Um, and his thing, with that picture... That's basically him looking at what his ideal version of Hollywood is, you know, or like paradise. Uh, yeah, paradise. paradise the, the white picket fence. It's yeah. gorgeous, but then like you, then like you scratch below the surface and you realize it's not what you thought it was. Maybe yeah. you know the deal. The deal you thought was lucrative turns out to be turns out to fucking suck. The writer that you've idolized for your entire life uh, turns out isn't he's, who he is. He's a, yeah. he's, a, he's a drunk and he's a drunk and a plagiarist. Yeah. Uh, the guy you thought was your friend turned out to be your biggest enemy. Yeah, all the all the opposites, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's basically, I mean, you look at it like first of all, like writers, like writer's block for any writer, is the worst. Is one of the worst things that could happen to you. It has to be because that's your. I mean, that's your bread and butter. Number one and number two. I mean, when when you're stuck, I mean, what do you do? Like, I mean, like you just. Yeah, you do. You, you just you can't do it. Like you just can't do it. You know, that's like a runner not be able to run. That's like a baseball player not being able to swing the bat or throw a ball. I mean, it's like, well, what do you do in that situation? You know, it's yeah. it's. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and you see like the way like he, like, like well, the way I held like a torture chamber, like he's yeah. like at the end of the film he's trapped in a contract he can't get out of and he has to write every and has to write things that will never get made. That has yeah, to, so that ba- has yeah. to be awful. Yeah, doing work that's never going to go you know, anywhere. Literally doing work that's not going to be seen by the common folk like he, who he wanted to. Him pretty much writing his work and it's never going to get published. Like he basically. Almost like going on a treadmill. You're going nowhere. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the run, you're back on the treadmill. You haven't done anything. You haven't gone anywhere. You yeah. know. Uh, but what 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 do you what did you what did you interpret out of this film, Russell? I would say the same thing. I'm not trying to be like trying to use an easy way out of it. But I I mentioned I alluded obviously to hell with the fire at the end of the film. Anyway, um, I think we get that where he like kind of what you said where he's trapped. I mean, look at I.E. even the the hotel room. He doesn't leave the hotel room. It's it's like a prison for him almost kind of. You know what I mean? Um, and kind of what you said, you know, it, it is the, what you think 
what you think about something like you want you want it better but when you have it it's not as good as you think it was going to be i.e with the uh you know obviously with the pitcher that was his pitcher that was his in his head that that's how paradise that's what like paradise that's what the white picket fence was went and that's not how it played out you know his friend kind of just what you said his friend charlie you know thinking that that's his good friend it's not his friend you know, everything you thought is not, you know what I mean? Again, kind of like it's Lynchian. It totally is a Lynchian film, but it gets you to think. I, I like those types of films to get you to think outside. We can have a conversation after the film and talk about it, I think. But yeah, I would say the same thing. I think I, I really do. I think it's the the hell of writing and coming up with something and and uh, being a writer stuck inside your, you know, inside your own body there, I think. Yeah, another thing I think you can, you can uh, interpret out of this film is just the struggle, uh, just uh I think I think you can look at this like a tale of anxiety, yeah. Because like because if you think if you think about it, like Barton, like he's not a bad unlike a lot of Coen Brothers characters, he's not a bad dude. Like the things he brought like aren't really he's only got seeking trouble. He's not a career criminal. Like he's no. he's just a dude trying to trying to you know do some do some writing. Yeah. Because he does something as simple as make a phone call. His yeah. whole wor- his whole world unravels. Yeah, because he never would have met Charlie. None of that stuff. It was like, like, like you know, Lemony Snicket in a series of unfortunate events. It's one thing, the telephone starts to unravel and take you down a, a, a you know, a, a path you never were gonna go unless you, you know, made that phone call and complained about it. Yeah. But yeah, I could see if you have like really bad anxiety, this movie would freak you out because like you know if you're oh, if you're the kind you of would guy sit there, yeah. who does you're like the kind of person who doesn't like to send doesn't like to send food back, doesn't honk the horn, yeah, doesn't shush somebody said- in a movie. I never, uh, I never send, uh, never send food back. I never do that. Uh, I will honk the horn. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I can, I can, I can see it's like being like a horror movie for you. Oh yeah, because you sit there and think about it. You can dissect it, and like every little thing, you're constantly in your head, literally. Yeah. About like, because then you have to weigh out. Okay, so would it, would, when you say it to somebody else, then you have to weigh out. Well, how is he going to react? Either one or the other. Yeah, you know what I mean? Worst, What's going to happen if I say that? Worst case scenario is you, all that jazz. You wouldn't like, yeah. You 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 would just literally just be in. You wouldn't leave. You you'd be like, uh, you know, trapped in your in your room the whole entire time, afraid to, you know, approach civilization. Anything. Yeah, but yeah, that that that's it. And like I said, this movie stands as one of the Coen Brothers films. So like, let's talk about it. in the Coen Brothers, in the pantheon of Coen Brothers films. Uh, with this rank, where would this rank for you? Now you don't give me like specific number. Like you know, just like, give me like a general positioning. As someone like you, you, you said this is the first time you've seen it. So what did you, so how, what do you think about the movie, and where would you rank that among the other Coen Brothers films? I would put it I would put it in the upper tier of um, of uh, Coen Brothers films for sure. Um, I think Fargo. I, I think Fargo is still probably one of the better ones. I would say between Fargo and No Country, it's been a while since I've visited uh, No Country. Um, a Serious Man's fine, um, you know. Um, I'm trying to think what the hell was the other one I was talking about. I, I forget. I didn't see Miller's Crossing. Um, I haven't seen that one. I never saw Hail Caesar. That one doesn't look very good. Uh, and that's why I never, I think that's probably kind of why I never went and bothered watching it because I just didn't think it looked very good. Fair enough. But I would put it, I would probably put it, I would say I would put it in their, in their, in their upper, their upper tier of, of films for sure. Yeah, no, I, I would put it the same. I think this is, I think this is a really great movie. It's not, it's not super Cohen-y, but I do think that shows their divert that you know the diversity of film, diversity of filmmakers. I think the fact that they can, you know, try all these different style, try all this different like you know symbolistic approach to it. It's very much like a yeah. serious man in the way where it's like a lot of it's a lot of what's going on. Well, a lot of the point of the film is symbolic. Uh, I think Turturro's great. 
Oh, True Grit I saw, too. I, I got to put that in there. I, I'm looking up their stuff now. True Grit I saw. Yeah, uh, I'm very curious who, who was nominated for Best Actor in 1991, because I don't think he's going to be oh. Hopkins. I saw Big Lebowski. I forgot all about. I forgot the obvious. No, Lebo- Big Lebowski and Intolerable Cruelty, which was fucking awful. Uh, yeah, Intolerable Cruelty is not very good. Uh, no, it's awful. What did it go up? Go up against? Oh, it's the year that what Silence of the Lambs won. Yeah. So uh, I mean, yeah. Best Picture is a little bit of a strip, but as far as Best Actor goes, he's uh, the competition that year was Anthony Hopkins for yeah. Anthony who won, uh, Warren Beatty for Bugsy, Robert De Niro for Cape Fear, Nick Nolte for Prince of Tides, and Rob Williams for The Fisher King. So that's like that's a crazy. Uh, I was stacked. That's, that's a stacked, stacked yeah. Best Actor cast. So I understand why it wasn't that, nominated. Oh, those are all phenomenal. I mean, those are all phenomenal performances straight down to the top. I mean, and, and you know. It's crazy that yeah, it's even crazy that uh, De Niro got uh, Cape Fear, which well, well deserved. I mean, he, he was fantastic in the film. Uh, but no, yeah, I think that I think that um, this film is fantastic. It holds up. Well, probably one of them, upper tier Coen Brothers. Probably not top three because I love. Um, it's could be like top like five to seven because I love Big Lebowski. It's my favorite comedy of all time. No Country yeah. for Men is excellent. I like True Grit remake too. Fargo. Though. I'll, throw, I'll throw that the up True there too. Remakes, Fargo and True, all them. True Grit remake's really good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, definitely stand. Definitely holds up. Definitely stands the test of time. And yeah, if you haven't seen Barton Fink, I'd highly recommend checking it out. That's yeah, gonna for do, sure. That's gonna do it for us today. Uh, Russell, you want to give our plug before you head out? Yeah. First off, Love to Get Media. Want to thank them for uh, sponsoring the podcast. Go ahead and go to Love to Get Media. Even go on their Facebook group. Even if you don't buy anything, just go to their uh, Facebook group, Love to Get Media on Facebook. Give them a thumbs up, a like, and just kind of just you know support these small businesses. But they specialize in used media, uh, video games, vinyl, uh, movies, all that stuff. And they're subscription packages. So if you go and you uh, Commit to a subscription package. Use the code Notorious. You get ten dollars off of an order. So a nineteen ninety nine subscription box would run you nine ninety nine. So you can't it's a deal you really can't beat. But uh, yeah, you can find us there. Also, Facebook group is Notorious by Chance. It's where we put polls up. But not next week. We have a special little, uh, little thing coming up, and it should be exciting. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And you guys can find us at Notorious by Chance on YouTube. We will be throwing new content out there eventually. Um, I know we will. Uh, so just keep your eyes posted for that. You can my Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, Chance World underscore ninety one. Check out the movie Trish Modown. Uh, my got announced. Uh, not only am I playing in Spectacular, uh, it's going to be one of the first. Actually, yeah, one of the first in studio tapings, in person tapings we do. First, first one we've done since uh, COVID happened last year. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to air at the end of the month. Get your tickets for the pay per view now. And yeah, it's gonna do it for us today. Like I said, it'll be, uh, no poll next week. We got <laughs> we got something lined up that includes the commentary. So you interpret that as you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna do it for us here. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.